You're listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency. In this bonus episode of Agency Dealmasters, I have an extra special guest. Alfie Wenegemi is the managing director of Profits Sprout, and for over 13 years, he's worked with agencies large and small and SMEs to increase profitability by putting processes in place to optimize pricing, improve servicing levels, and staff utilization. If you are interested in any of that stuff, then you're going to absolutely love this conversation. So without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Alfie Wenegemi. My name is Nathan Anibaba, and this is Agency Dealmasters. Agency Dealmasters is a series of conversations with world-class agency leaders building great agency businesses. I believe everyone belongs in the growth journey, and this show is dedicated to the stories and the lessons of ambitious agency builders of all types by examining their history, competitive advantage, and what makes them tick. Now, let's jump in. Alfie Winnegemi is the Managing Director of Profits Brow, a certified chartered accountant with over 13 years of commercial finance experience. He's worked with senior leaders in global PR agencies, including Edelman and Weber Shandwick, to name a few. His focus is on profitability for agencies through financial management and a strong strategic approach to business operations. He also counsels senior leadership teams to achieve an agency's financial objectives. Alfie Winnegemi, welcome. To agency deal masters. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thanks for having me. So you say, quote, I was attracted to agencies because you didn't have to wear a suit and tie. Explain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that stems from my first day at uh, the advertising agency I worked at. Prior to that, I had friends who worked with accounting firms and they told me how corporate and you know formal it was. So my first day at my first job, I went super sharp, super, you know, tie suit the works. And, you know, as you know about agencies, it's really laid back. So I turned up and saw how chilled it was, you know, people playing music in casual wear and even the CFO had, you know, jeans and t-shirts on. So I, I just, you know, instantly just took a liking to the environment. And then I got into the work and enjoyed the work as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. You're like, this is the place for me. Absolutely. So tell us about some of your experience then, because you've worked with some huge global agencies, independent agencies from all over the world. Generally, in your experience, what drives profitability within agencies? Yes, I've worked with global agencies. I've worked with uh, independent agencies, small to medium-sized agencies. And fundamentally, Profitability is whatever business you're dealing with. Profitability is just you trying to increase your revenue, reduce your or manage your staff costs and reduce your overheads. Those are the key things. So whatever you do in a business, particularly agencies, you revert to these three things. And then within these things, um, you come up with processes and ways to manage and improve your results in trying to get these things done. So we take revenue, for example, you know, client satisfaction, client profitability, business development, strategies, um, all of those things drive your revenue. 
staff costs, you're talking about servicing levels, utilization, that just that side of things, trying to manage that properly. And then overheads, bringing that down. And then I think the thing that underpins all of that is having a team that is commercially savvy. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges for a lot of independent agencies, having getting their team bought into, you know, having a really clear eye on the commercial side of the business. And it's great having fantastic ideas and it's great having, um, you know, lots of cool initiatives that you want to do, but always you have to have an eye on the, what is this cost in the business and, and what is the impact on, on our bottom line for, you know, doing these things. And I think sometimes that's where a lot of agencies struggle to communicate that to their, to their employees. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, agency owners need to understand that at the end of the day, they're running a business and as much as, you know, one of the most, one of the most important things is to make sure your client is happy. If the client's not happy over a long period of time, you don't have a business. So in, in every decision, every activity, profitability needs to be at the, the, the back of their minds. And having a team that understands that and understands how to, um, act and, and, um, do their work and their respond, carry out their responsibilities profitably is, is at the base of, of, you know, the whole agency being, being profitable. You can't have one without the other. You can't have an owner that knows it all or knows that has that commercial acumen and then a team that doesn't and vice versa. So you talk about those three streams, revenue, staff costs and overheads. Talk talk about this in terms of the clients that you work with. I mean, what what size of clients generally or agencies do you, do you tend to work with? And how do these three buckets, the priority or the focus of them change depending on the size of agency and kind of what stage in their revolution they are? Yeah, sure. So I work with agencies with revenues of half a million upwards. So the business doesn't really change. So the fundamentals, what I talked about in terms of, you know, increasing revenue, managing costs and reducing overheads, that doesn't change. You know, that's, that's the same regardless. But the service wise, the service determines, like, for example, where the, where, where the focus should, where the main focus should be. So if I take, for example, a PR agency versus a, an advertising agency, same model, same goal, you know, in regards to the three elements I talked about. However, the size of revenue, how you recognize the revenue, that's different for those two things because PR, you're talking about earned media, advertising is paid. So where PR would have a big chunk of its costs in the staff costs, the people doing the work with maybe a tiny bit for media spends if they're doing digital work or influencers, that kind of stuff. However, an advertising agency would have a big chunk of their spend and their activity around um, media spends, media buys. So, you know, where I, if I were to come into either one of those businesses, we'd, they'd have different problems, pain points, challenges. So it's all about understanding the business and then approaching it based on the needs of that business. Really interesting. And and obviously, recently, inflation has hit everyone pretty much in the UK. Costs of everything are going up at the moment. What's What's been the impact on agencies there? Well, 
like you rightfully said, the main impact is on the cost side. So uh, if you think about any agency, the biggest cost is the staff cost and then overheads, of course. But when you think about um, budgets that uh, agencies would have prepared, say previously in the past, we're looking at um, to set your margin, we'd assume uh, cost growths of 3%, 4%. Now you're looking at inflation at 7%, 8%. You know, people are talking about 9%, 10%. So there's a potential for the assumptions made to achieve X margin to double, you know, and for every increase in cost, you have to nearly double the revenue to maintain the margin. So there's, there's that element. And then on the revenue side, you have to remember the costs are going up for everybody, including your clients. And this means that the clients, of course, have got people like myself advising them to manage costs. Their cost is an agency's revenue. So you find that agent, uh, there's a potential that clients, big clients, small clients that have been spending X amount might start to reduce that. So agencies really need to buckle up, really look at the supplier costs. That's another one. The suppliers, third party suppliers we use to service the clients, their costs are going up. So there's certain things that need to agencies need to start looking at and doing. I mean, they should have been doing this anyways, but now more than ever. So, you know, uh, staff costs, reviewing, um, making the changes to your budgets with new assumptions now, because whatever pay rise we're planning to give before, nearly double that, you know, and if you're doing that, you need to find the revenue to offset that to bring you back to the margin you needed to hit. So revenue wise, examine your pipeline forecasts and on the client side, go back to go back to reviewing your client profitability and have these conversations with clients to explain where, you know, if a client's not profitable, do your research, find out why they're not profitable and have those conversations with the clients. You know, if, if, if of course it's something to do with the revenue, not matching up to the work being done, if it's the agency's fault, then tighten up. You know, but I think there's a lot to be done in order for agencies just to maintain, forget even beating their um, margin targets, just to maintain. Agency Deal Masters is brought to you by Bridge, the growth focused podcast agency. We help ambitious agencies talk to the right brands through the power of podcasting, generate leads, win new business, and increase reputation. Check out our clients' podcasts and find more resources to keep learning at bridgegrowth.org. Now, back to the show. And obviously you work with a, a ton of agency owners um, in, in, you know, with various different disciplines and, and skill sets. I mean, a lot of them, so many of them know their craft really, really well. But when it comes to being financially astute, I guess sometimes they struggle. I wondered whether you saw a difference between I don't know, maybe the more performance digital agencies that require you to be a lot more kind of logically, analytically focused rather than the more creative agencies in terms of being financially astute. And and the second part of that question is, if you're not financially astute, what can you do about it as a leader? I think, again, doing great work for the client 
should be the top priority. But doing that profitably should be your next priority. And I think it's super important for the owner, the leadership team, and everybody else in the agency to be financially astute, you know, and commercially savvy. Because I think, like I said before, you, you can't do it on your own. So I feel like, um, if, if, if an agency, if the owner of an agency feels like they need that support, that sounding board, that yin to their yang kind of, you know, like logical, analytical brain to their creative brain, go out and get it. You know, if you want to hire a commercial director or whatever, that's fine. If you want to work with, you know, consultants like myself, do it, but don't make it up. I think a lot of small to medium sized agencies kind of make it up as they go along. You know, the owner does his best, the leadership do, uh, team do their best. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to be profitable in the long term, you have to make sure that you've got somebody there who understands it to do it with you. A lot of, some people try to, you know, get co-founders who are on the analytical side, on the financial side, just to balance it out. But I think it's, it is crucial that you have, or, or they have that, that person, someone there to provide that commercial acumen. Okay. And so you're talking about, uh, you know, a, a full-time FD or, or um, commercially focused person with inside the agency or rather over and above kind of outsourcing that work to professional advisors. Yeah. Just, just talk about the importance of having someone in full-time versus hiring that expertise from a third party. The full-time, the full-time versus, uh, ex, um, outside um, outsourcing it to you know consultants or business thing is just of course if you have that full-time person there then they know the business because they're there all the time and you know they've got that longevity they've been there 10 years whatever the challenge with that is most small to medium-sized agencies don't have the budget for that they can't pay because you're talking about paying a hundred grand and above for that kind of expertise. They don't have the budget to do that. So if we're talking about profitability and managing costs and you're saying, Oh, I want to go out and get someone for a hundred and something grand, <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to make a hundred and something grand. Right. Exactly. So the reward is not there. And in that case, that's where I think it makes sense to have to outsource it, to have someone who like myself who will come in understand the business grow with the business but you but i don't come with the price tag of a full-time cfo of course logically if if you can hire someone full-time that can do it then by all means do that and there's there's also a difference i think that people fail to understand you know when they hear oh um accountancy that oh yeah i've got an accountant he does my taxes there's a difference, you know, we're not all, you know, tax experts and whatever. We've got uh, specialisms kind of thing. So just because you've got an FD doesn't mean that person is equipped to offer that commercial um, expertise. So that's another thing where there's a difference between having that full-time person and that full-time person being the right person, you know, for, for the job. What have you learned over the years about building financially astute cultures within agencies 
so that so that everyone gets it because this is a challenge that we have you know we've we've got a a small agency and we're ambitious and we're and we're growing and a lot of the team here they have fantastic ideas a lot of the time they don't but they don't always appreciate the costs uh implications that go along with those ideas love the ideas keep them coming uh but, but you know but sometimes the reality of the execution is is very very different so what you know what's your advice to me and to other sort of you know growing agencies about how to build financially astute cultures yeah i think that is so so important because i feel like you can have all the processes in place you can have all the you know everything ready there but if you don't have that team that understand the fundamentals how your business runs, how they make money, you always lack that goal congruence. So, you know, the owner's trying to do one thing, everyone else is trying to do something different. And I feel like the best way to achieve that is through education. So training, train your staff to know the fundamentals, know how the smallest things and the smallest decisions they make impact profitability. So, I'll give you an example. Like when I worked for, you know, global agencies and I worked with, with MDs and the leadership teams, there were certain things I'd propose, you know, things that were in the interest of profitability, promoting profitability. And at the time they'd be like, Oh, no, don't worry. We'll just hire that person. They'll be fine. Oh, it'll be cool. It'll be. And then when those same people now own their agencies, they understand how important <laughs> it is to right. manage that and don't just bring right. this person on because now there's a need to be profitable. Right. It's not just sure. wanting to profit, to be profitable. So yeah. I feel like it makes a difference when it's someone else's money. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, so I feel like, and, and I think that's what I enjoy about working with small to medium sized agencies is now I don't need to emphasize the need for this and that they're the ones telling me, you know, how can we do it? So I feel it's super important because decisions are made in the interest of profitability. So that the, the goals of the employees, leadership team down to the junior associate, everyone's goals are aligned. <clears throat> if everyone understands what they need to do to make that company profitable. And I think to achieve that, there's no other way. You just need to educate people, train them, you know, mentorship, that kind of stuff. And then the, the, the thing as well is it, when it's part of the culture is how things are done. So when you hire, when you bring new people in, you only need to tell them once and then they, they learn because it's all around them. You get the junior people teaching the new people. When the junior people become directors, they're taking it with them and then they're educating the people below. It's a, it's a trickle down effect. If it doesn't start from the top, then you've got a problem all around. And I, I've seen it. So coming towards the end of the show, if you could pick only one metric that you think would make the biggest difference to the profitability of, of an agency, what would it be? Okay, I will ask for two because it is, it is one, but it kind of links it to, you can tell I'm an accountant, always wanting more. <laughs> so I would say for a non-financial metric, I will say client satisfaction. That is crucial. Measuring that, managing that. And what do you find the best ways of measuring client satisfaction in, in your experience with the agencies that you come across? You know, without getting too technical, I think a lot of it is conversation, communication, through communication, constant communication with the clients, just to understand, first of all, the needs. Once you understand the needs, then through execution, you keep that 
you know, communication going, good or bad, you know. So I think uh, a lot of the time the agencies shout more about the good stuff going on, but they don't talk about the things that aren't going wrong. Because if the client doesn't understand certain things, it's kind of hard to go back to them and say, oh, you see that thing we started doing four months ago, it's gone wrong. Can we course correct? Can we get more money for that? No. If you keep that constant communication, I feel like it's easier to under- to know where their needs are. And, you know, I've been in these situations many times where things are left too late and that conversation just becomes very difficult to have with the client. So I think constant communication and then client profitability. So that's why I said, that's why I asked for two, because they kind of go hand in okay, hand. Okay. So it is client satisfaction and profitability because it's important to have, to keep the clients happy. That's how the money keeps flowing in, but it's super important to do it profitably. Otherwise, if the client's happy, you're not. And if it's the other way around, you're not and the client's happy. Yeah, so yeah. It, both of them going, ha- go hand in hand is finding that balance. Great advice. We're going to jump to our speed round now. If you've listened to the show before, you know exactly what's coming. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a few questions from here, kind of get to know you, who's the person behind the brand sort of questions. Um, Tell us about a time when you failed and what did you learn from that experience? Okay. So I'll I'll, I'll keep it, I'll try and keep it short. (laughs) But uh, first of all, failure to me, I feel like if you learn something from the experience, it's not really failure. It probably didn't go your way, but if you learned something from it down the line, that thing might come in handy. Having said that. So a friend of mine told me once, no, not a friend, an acquaintance, how he was making a lot of money on e-commerce, on Amazon, selling stuff. And he was like, oh, it's dead easy. Just like, oh, cool. I'll give it a go. So I'd been snorkeling that holiday a few months before on holiday. And uh, I went on Amazon following his guidance bought these snorkel masks that were huge. Like they covered your whole face. I sourced them from China, bought a thousand units (laughs) and uh, tried to list them on Amazon. Long and short, it didn't go well. The listing was wrong. Amazon then sent back a thousand snorkel masks to my flat. And literally I had snorkel masks everywhere. You open the cupboard to get a a plate (laughs) and masks just fall out. So that didn't work. So I then set up a website to sell it myself, which I did. So in the end I broke even. I didn't make money, but I broke even. So I guess the moral of the story is I failed at the e-commerce thing, but I learned how to source products. I learned how to build websites and down the line, who knows, you know, those things might come in handy. So yeah. Great, great story. T- tell us about what's the most interesting thing people don't know about your background? Uh, oh, okay. Well, I talked about, you know, all accountants being different and, you know, uh, you've got financial accountants, commercial accountants, all of that stuff. And I'm actually a certified accountant, like financial accountant, even though I practice commercial. So all this business stuff is not really my qualification you know if you're looking at it you've got ACCA you've got SEMA you've got ACA SEMA is the more business side I did ACCA so actually I do know about taxes and I do know about all of those things I just I'm just not interested in them you're so just choosing not to engage yeah, right. exactly exactly so when people go oh I need an accountant I'm like no I don't I, I know what you need that's not me I'm not doing your taxes no okay fair enough and my final question Alfie 
What do you know about growing profitable agencies today that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career? I would say mindset, mindset change or um, adjustment is a big part of profitability because not only the owner, as we said, but the leadership team, everybody in the business have to have the mindset of making that pro like being profitable. It has to be at the back of everybody's mind. It's not something where if, if it's not, then you're trying to convince them to do certain things to be profitable. But if it's something that they are already, they've got the mindset for, you don't need to convince them. You're just showing them how to do it. So I think working on the mindset, so that training element, I think is super important. In the past, I think I just kind of went for assuming everybody was on the same level as me in terms of expertise, you know, commercially and just went in for it without first doing the education and explaining it to them. So I think that's, that's a big, big thing I think I've, I've learned. That's a, that's a great place to end. Oh, so before we end, before we end, oh, <laughs> seeing as you've asked me so many questions, I, I've got, I've got a question for you too. Um, so you've been doing this for a while now. And by the way, it's amazing work. Honestly, I've, I went back and listened to like your old stuff from 2019. And oh, it's just no. Very oh, inspirational, nightmare. the people you've interviewed and all that stuff. So, you know, well done. Keep it going. All of that. Thank you. Thank um, you. My question to you is, you've come this far, you've obviously been through challenges, experiences, all of that stuff. If you could go back in time, what are the two things you would do differently? I would probably not take an office so early on in our journey and commit to um, a long, expensive contract with with WeWork, which definitely damaged our profitability in the early in the early days. Um, so I, I definitely, I wouldn't do that. Um, and I think I would think bigger earlier on. It's only recently that we've been thinking about that we've been, we've actually had think big as one of our core values, because I think that it takes just as much energy and effort to think of big ideas as it does for small ideas and big ideas just attract more energy and excitement and enthusiasm and willingness from people. And I think the imposter syndrome kind of limits us and kind of limited me for a long time to not thinking big enough. Um, whereas now, and I think we've had a, a, you know, a lot of small wins along the way, which help build that confidence and help, help you believe in yourself more. Um, but I think if I thought bigger earlier, um, you know, we could have achieved, you know, different things. Um, but it's all part of the journey and I don't regret any of it because all of it makes you who, who you are. Um, but yeah, those are the two things I would say. You, you're going to turn into a really good interviewer. I'm learning, honestly. Like, when, keep, keep checking those CVs. If you see my name there, like, applying for co-host, then yeah, right. don't be surprised. <laughs> well, we are we are hiring right now. So oh, there you go. Me, don't worry, I'll, I'll email it to you. Send me your email address. I'll email my CV. <laughs> love it, love it. We have been speaking with Alfie 
Wenegemi. He is currently the managing director at Profit Sprout. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to over 160 such conversations we've had now with world-class leaders in the agency space. Thank you for all your feedback and suggestions on LinkedIn and email. Write to me at nathanagencydealmasters.com. We would be unable to do this show without our very own dealmasters. Tyler Baller is our booker. Christoph Boaszczek is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Agency Dealmasters. Masters.